So, funny story that some of our listeners may not know, but Isabella and I actually met at university in Exeter, which kind of leads us into the subject of who our guest this week is. What a wonderful way to segue into me introducing our guest this week, Daphne. (laughs) Thank you so much. That took a whole five seconds of planning to come up with. (laughs) (laughs) So, our guest today is Calcadan Legessa. She's a social entrepreneur who owns and runs the shop Sancho's in Exeter, Devon, which is how we first found out about her years ago. Sancho's is a black female-owned ethical fashion retailer, which has gained a major following online and is just such an incredible shop. I love it. We just think she's such an inspiration and she really is a big part of the community in Exeter. So we're so excited to welcome her to the show and chat to her this week. Cool. Let's bring in Calcadan. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's a real pleasure. So I am a social entrepreneur. Uh, so Sancho's, um, one of my businesses, is a ethical fashion retailer focused on giving people, you know, a real meaningful kind of entry point into sustainable fashion. Um, hopefully, whatever their budget size is, or you know, kind of whatever their kind of previous shopping habits of behavior might have been and the reason for that is because when we first started it we heard a lot of you know people not really knowing where where to start or what to do not really understanding what sustainable or ethical fashion was and um you know we felt that it needed a home it needed somewhere you could go and you know trust that everything had been mindfully sourced yes that's the that's the store uh we're based in exeter and in addition to our shop, we try to kind of continue the conversation around ethical business and uh, lifestyles. And um, we do that through events, you know, pre-corona. That's <laughs> really fun. Um, and just through a bunch of work we produce as well. One thing I'd love to ask you just to kick things off as a kind of business owner, as an entrepreneur, as someone who has clearly had the courage to put yourself out there and to build something that's your own and that has, you know, made an impact on people's lives from that. But I'd love to know if we talk about fear, did it take a lot of courage to do that? And, or, you know, do you still find it scary and overwhelming sometimes? Yeah, fear is a really interesting emotion um, because sometimes it's like super rational and it's your instinct kind of trying to protect you from doing things that aren't in your interest. And sometimes it's really irrational and it's a reality that you've created. So yeah, like simply, um, absolutely. Like I'm scared of almost everything and every day, <laughs> like every plan. I'm worried about a lot of things um, and have been, you know, since the first business and since it first got off the ground. I think that what I try to do is I try to focus on what excites me and, you know, the idea beyond me. I think if you want to be in business I mean so many industries but I'll speak on business because obviously that's the one that I'm in but I think if you want to be in business you have to learn how to you know exist alongside your fear like I'm not you can't I'm not I don't know if you can get rid of it like I don't know how to (laughs) so maybe you guys know you can tell me but I think you need to learn how to kind of be comfortable with it and be comfortable with that nervousness or anxiety or uncertainty because that's the nature of work really and nature of business and nature of life in many ways and I think you threw me a little bit because I'm not somebody who's like um oh yeah I'm successful and I can talk to you about how that happened do you know what I mean like in my mind I I'm, I'm looking forward to what you know I'm still trying to do most of my energy is spent there 
So yeah, I always think it's so weird that if anyone kind of puts me into a category of successful, like I'm just like, that's so weird, like it's so weird. And then it makes me wonder, like, am I doing the same to others? And I'm imagining that they're successful and they're just sat there thinking like, you know. You know, we perceive you as, to us in our eyes, as very successful. And I think it's always, it's so hard to like sometimes recognize that mm. internally. I, like so for example I think a lot of people think in business you have to you get to a point where you're like ah like I'm 100% confident in this um or all of the uncertainties I've thought about um and then you do it but actually I think that I think we, we it might be worthwhile us defining success um for for the podcast but um I think people who are successful you know air hyphens they are comfortable with um navigating through uncertainty and pushing forward and I think that outwardly can often look like um like milestones being achieved but I think like the real success is in um having a flexibility of um and a tenacity to the kind of our internal voice that allows someone to deal with challenges um and that's what I aspire to that that's what I try to like do I guess that's why I'm, I'm pointing it out now but I, I I work really hard to kind of um understand my thoughts and my goals and you know my circumstances and my resources to you know so that whenever anything happens if anything like difficult or scary happens I'm able to kind of take a step back from it and ask myself well you know, what is this actually, like, if I'm responsible, if my instinct is to respond to it in a certain way, like, what, where has that come from? And, you know, is this learned behaviour or is this an accurate reflection of what's happening? And, you know, what options do I have? So I do, I do a lot of that. Um, but that's learned behaviour that wasn't, um, that's after kind of years of getting really stressed out over <laughs> like the tiniest thing. Um, and yeah, just not having enough energy to continue doing that indefinitely, really. If we um, consider fear a bit further, I'd be really interested to know when you started Sancho's and this sustainable, ethical fashion journey that you've kind of been on, that you've been encouraging more and more people in the community and wider to go on. Um, were you just terrified of of the reception? Like, if we think about in Exeter, that reception, because it is, as we know, it's a very university-based city. It's full of young students. And then when I think of being at university and my friends and my sister being at university, it was all kind of about dressing up for nights out and doing costumes and panic buying, like same day delivery dresses and outfits for parties or balls or end of season dinners, that kind of thing. Did you, so when do you saw that demand, which has obviously been very, well, successful, if we go on that word. Bless um, you. Sorry. <laughs> um, did that just, where, was there a lot of fear and just uncertainty of you, maybe it just wouldn't take off? You know, I had other fears. So like, am I going to be able to um, pay my rent? That's, you know, a, a different type of fear or, um, you know, am I going to get a bank loan, you know? That, I would say that my fears were centered in that space. When I started Sanchez, I had the like the real benefit of being like really ignorant to what a business is and what a brand is. Um, 
so probably at that time I wasn't thinking about my market or my customer base you know a lot of a lot of people starting businesses you'll ask them well what's your target customer and they'll say oh everyone can have my product you know this is for everybody and then it takes practice or experience to be able to say actually you know you know my my product is going to help this person in this way and therefore they're my target um I think I've always been like um a bit of an outsider particularly in Exeter I think one thing that's really true of this city particularly the university is it's quite um you know middle to upper middle class white you know home country home county um people and so you know they that was never my market like I, I didn't belong to it I love dressing up but I dress up like Daleks <laughs> you know to a Dalek and like lions do you know what I mean just like yeah in silly ways I did silly things so yeah so I don't think I I don't think that it was a shock um that, that they might not be interested and also I think frankly like I think I was a bit naive um to realize like the risk that I was taking on in business and this is one of the things that like every I Every time I have a new idea or there's a new project I want to go into, it's much harder now than it was before because now I'm much more conscious of like what it means to like really like put your heart and effort and energy into something and to fail and to succeed. So I think that's that's a unique curve of fear that somehow when you have more experience and you have more resources, it's harder to kind of um, take on risk than when you have less um in some ways so yeah not really (laughs) (laughs) um I'd love to if we can move on a bit to the idea of happiness um it'd be great to know um from you having you know been a business owner been an entrepreneur and you know having achieved what you've achieved are there any moments to you that stand out of you sitting there and being like wow you know I you know love what I do and I'm actually like you know, I'm so glad I did this and I really feel like, or I'm deriving, and maybe it's not just from, you know, your work, maybe it's from other things in your life that make you feel like, wow, like I'm really happy at this point in time. Yeah. Um, so I think that for me, um, like there are some things I really, really take pleasure in. And that is, um, like, I, I really love to see like people thrive and I'd love to see the best in people um and so when I feel really proud of myself is when like I know that I have like supported someone else in their development in a like in a meaningful way like that's like genuinely something that makes me feel really proud and like in business you get lots of opportunities to do that because you're constantly working with people um so that's that's really great um yesterday I I did a podcast (laughs) and it was obviously I but I like recorded it and edited it and published it and I was like wow like that's so amazing I was like really proud of myself for having figured that out and been able to produce something creative like one of the one of the challenges of my job at the moment is I, I do a lot of like coordinating other people's work but not very much of like seeing something from start to finish myself so that kind of like job satisfaction of being like hey I've done this thing I got to the end of it I don't get very often so yesterday when I finished the podcast I was like wow like I can't believe I did that and like that's amazing and I listened to it today and it was like oh it needs some work (laughs) but it's like but it's fine 
Um, yeah, so yeah, and then other than that, like if I'm honest with you guys, I struggle with, um, I struggle with like feeling satisfied when work's produced. Like Sanjay's has had some amazing achievements and I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of the team. Um, but as this is an emotional podcast um, and it's about our feelings, our deep feelings, like one thing that I do struggle with is um, like feeling like, like senses of accomplishment. And I think part of that is related to how much for me, like my, my goals are rooted in the future and those milestones change as soon as like something is accomplished. And I know that's something that a lot of people do and go through and it's not easy because, um, you know, you fall into a trap that sometimes you take for granted, you know, what you've accomplished or what the people around you have accomplished. And, you know, it's not the healthiest way to be. Um, but I also think with a lot of the kind of the mental health advice that people give and get, we prescribe like formulas to people that might not fit them. So I think what I've learned is that for me, like um, ambition and creation creativity are really core to my character in so far that um I have to just accept that maybe I'm not going to feel as satisfied with with things do you know what I mean like it's it would be a lie to to kind of um to focus too much on you know the past if we kind of go on from happiness and I think quite a lot of the time happiness does have a pretty strong connection with love also mm. love has some strong connections with other emotions um but if we think about love what is love to you is there something someone what what connections do you have with love um so I have I have a partner like a life partner and a partner in business too um his name is Vidmantis we met at Exeter actually we met um we were both doing like catering with one of the university catering companies and we were both washing plates and I can get like really excited about a good production line and he was just doing such a great job like washing plates and passing them down the production line and it caught my eye um and yeah we've been together ever since really um yeah I love him so much he's like he's really kind and supportive and just like a solid solid rock but we also have like the same sense of humor we just get on and you know whether it's like something really big we can do it together if it's something really small we can do it together and there's pleasure in that um so yeah I've got a lot of love in my life and I understand that to be like one of my core privileges and I'm so grateful for it I've got a really supportive family as well and really supportive friends and really supportive community um like for me love looks like just just having people's backs, like supporting them, but taking the time to know what that means to them. You know, we all need slightly different things and we're all going through different parts of our life. Um, and I think people I love, like I try to um, just find out how I can be there for them, you know, when they're happy and if they're a bit down too. And I think the people who I feel love me in my life are just, are, you know, that's what they do. So yeah, I think love's really great. And um, yeah, I feel really lucky. I actually have way. just a pretty uh, random question, but I, I think I read on your website that Sancho was a family nickname. So yeah. your family gave you. 
what does it mean? It's quite silly. Um, so it essentially means like um, chubby, strong girl, but it's like said as a like a little insult to young ladies. <laughs> but it's a, like it's an, a term of endearment, but it's not a compliment, <laughs> basically. Um, but yeah, like it's yeah, it's it's my family's way of just being like, um, you know, she's the she's the kooky one that you know eats a lot but it's really strong and it's kind of creative that's their way of saying that and when I started Sanchez I didn't realize like you know what it would become and how big it would become so I was just like yeah this is like a great name for it and now I'm like oh gosh like I really wish I had like a better meaning about it um but one thing that's pretty cool about Sanchez is um in Exeter there is a portrait in the museum of a black African who was a freed slave in the 17th century who had um, shot a shot and his name was Ignatius Sancho and yeah and like and then you know here I am you know three centuries later with my little Sancho shop and I, I think that's that might be why that might have been um, what I should have said to start <laughs> off with. <laughs> That is absolutely fantastic. I love that coming like full circle. And mm. and I also love that you've kind of, it's like reclaiming that name. Like it's, it's not supposed to be yeah. like too flattering, but you've completely yeah. um, reclaimed it, which actually uh, brings me on to what I wanted to ask you. Um, thinking about love was um, what I love about um, the brands and the clothing that you stock and that we see on like your Instagram and website is the kind of the all encompassing models that wear the clothes and that you, yeah, that you see on social media, which makes me think of the kind of the wave of self-love that um, we're seeing a lot with kind of like influences of our time uh, and like content creators, different fashion houses, that kind of thing. And you yourself, are often modeling the clothes which is fantastic because yeah. if there's any other kind of way to run a business it's to actually love the clothes and be mm. proud of wearing the clothes but um if we think about self-love like what are your what are your thoughts on that because I know there's all sorts of um I know Jamila Jamil has kind of been talking about kind of um like instead of uh what's the word like body neutrality so not kind mm. of body confidence or I think I'm butchering all of her phrases, but that kind of that we shouldn't be celebrating our bodies for what they look like. We should just be accepting them. So yeah. I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. So on Jamila Jamil, she's obviously like badass, um, but I think she might be, I don't know there's this term heroic leadership and like I think sometimes we appoint individuals as the kind of you know the speakers for entire movements and that's a bit dangerous so I don't know about that um but what do I think so I think that it's super the thing is like you've only got yourself do you know what I mean you've got your consciousness in your brain your nervous system which some might argue is yourself and then you know you've got the vessel by which you kind of interact in the world and you have to come to terms with that like there has to be acceptance of it um because otherwise you'll suffer like you'll just suffer in every way when I was um I've had like a you know a tumultuous relationship with my body um 
you know, throughout my life. And I'm sure I will have one going forward as well. You know, um, when I was younger, I used to, you know, I've had an eating disorder and I know, you know, what that pit of like kind of self hate feels like and how much of that is associated with some of the, like the biggest burdens that society can put on us and expect us to just kind of mold to it and reshape ourselves in a more acceptable format to continue and it's horrible and I think the danger is you can't find answers to that externally so I think everyone's kind of woken up to this but like you can't buy self-love and I guess I think in some ways that's what Amelia might be trying to what she's expressing is that um if you need to create something to love it, then that probably isn't who you are, you know? There's probably some sort of distance between what you are and who you are and that thing that you're presenting outwards. And sometimes that thing we present outwards, we convince ourselves it's ourselves too. Do you know what I mean? And um, I think that's dangerous. And in some ways it's performing to kind of social cues, a lot of which are kind of formed through a capitalist system so they're much more tied to what's marketable than they are to virtue or like the best way for people to be or act or you know love themselves even so I, I would suggest that you know people work on accepting themselves for what they are because they are what they are um and if they think that's not the case then there's like lots of really interesting metaphysical questions that they can probably think about and perhaps speak on which would be really exciting in that field um, but if they accept that, then I think um, that from that, you know, they can reach a place that might be a bit stronger than self-love, in fact, um, and a place from which they can kind of navigate the world in a way that honours who they are, you know? And I think that's what people should do. And in our shop, like, you know, obviously this year has been really, or this past year has been really, like, unusual. Um, but one of the things that we try to do a lot in our shop is give people like space to express their insecurities, but also just kind of maybe hear them for what they are. And, you know, I went through my own kind of, you know, body journey and, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about it, a lot of time kind of worrying about it and came to a conclusion that actually, you know, I can kind of take myself as I am and how I am is okay, like it's enough. Um, and I assumed that was everybody's journey. And then in the shop, we'd have customers come in and kind of really just have such low self-esteem. You know, people in clothes, especially people say things like, um, you know, my body isn't right for the clothes or I'm too big or I'm too small. And, you're, and you just think like, how could your body mold for garments? Like that makes no sense. Like your body is permanent and the garment is, you know, it's not. And that made me realize that, you know, people and women in particular do really struggle with um, body acceptance, despite all of the kind of the self-love rhetoric that is out there. Um, and so what we used to try to do is just give them space to hold those feelings and just ask them like, you know, are the things they're saying really true? You know, is it is it true? Or have you kind of forgotten how to see yourself for, for who you are and what you are? If people focus 
on self-acceptance and I think love will follow from that and you know I commend and respect all of the people online who are you know creating new language and new frameworks for for us to you know reimagine ourselves ourselves a good friend of mine Essie Dennis is like Kala Kalisi on Instagram and um you know I think she's really powerful and I often like look to her to to think about how I should be interacting with my own body and it's a shame how our esteem about our physical behavior will affect our esteem about our kind of mental spiritual behavior or choices and vice versa and it's like yeah it's toxic yeah it'd be great if you could just tell us what you have coming up and um where also it'd be great if you could tell people where they can find you as well yeah um so we have a really lovely collection dropping soon in the next few weeks so around February um on loungewear (laughs) which I am so thrilled that loungewear is like the thing now is like finally (laughs) you know what I mean I've been waiting (laughs) yeah um but yeah like really beautiful cottons like inclusive sizes um you know sustainable materials and we're really excited to release that and we are also developing a marketplace. Um, so it's going to be a marketplace for brands and individuals to sell sustainable and secondhand fashion. And that will be live towards the end of spring. And um, we're really, really excited for that as well. So we hope people will find us so that they can be a part of these things. Um, and they can find us on Instagram at wowsancho um, or on our website, which is sanchoshop.com. Um, yeah, so we'd love to kind of yeah, invite people in into our business and our lives and how else best can we uh, support you Kalkadan? I think I saw on your Instagram you have a Patreon where you're producing the podcast as well yeah um so if I mean particularly for people who are interested in um the discussions around anti-racism intersectionality in environmentalism and ethical leadership um I write on these topics weekly on my Patreon account Um, And that's a very personal space where I discuss some of the things that are most challenging for me. But I think what it has become is a way for people to learn, you know, a little bit more intimately about what um, what life as, you know, a black lady like me is like. I'm a big believer in like finding the systems that, you know, cause the outcomes that we you know we perceive so um a lot of the work and the writing on patreon is focused on identifying those systems as well um so yeah if anybody would like to sign up to that it's there and the link is in my my instagram page at calcadan the thanks for listening to getting personal if you're enjoying our emotional conversations then please give us a like subscribe and don't forget to leave a review it gives us a boost in the charts which helps other listeners to find us and most importantly it's one of our happy little bubbles when we read what you've written so leave us some stars